Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Tasty Tidbits. I am your host, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. I am so excited to have you here again on another episode. Thank you for tuning in today. And I'm excited with my guest on today, uh, Ezzy. He's going to be talking with us about some very important things about reconnecting to your roots. And so I'm just excited. So we're going to just jump into it. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Ezzy. Ezzy is the Visceral Connections Coach. his inspirational book that is founded, he has founded his book, Found My People, is a testament to how passionate he is about connecting to all who will the culture in their DNA. He believes that each disconnected African descendant can have a, rela- a revelation day which will enrich their lives and be nothing short of transformational. And so, Ezzy, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. How are you? Thank you, Dr. Tiffany. I'm doing very well. I'm so pleased that you invited me on. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being a part. Now, you have to let us know a little bit more about yourself. Okay. Uh, Well, I changed my name legally once I found out the part of my DNA that I didn't know. And so I wanted to reflect all of the people groups that I found out that I'm connected to. So my name is actually Richard Kweku Eziagu Akiyemi. And Richard, of course, is English. I kept that because my mother, you know, she named me Rick and uh, she just <laughs> going to keep calling me Rick. So she won't call me any of my Nigerian names which, or Ghanaian names, which I, you know, would prefer. But uh, but everybody else can call me by my African names. So uh, Eziagu, I mean, Kweku is actually from the Fanti people of Ghana. It means born on Wednesday. Eziagu is from the Igbo people of Nigeria. It means king of lions. And Akiyemi is from the Yoruba people of Nigeria. And it means warrior king, well-suited to power. So if someone says my full name, Richard Kweku Eziagu Akiyemi, they have said powerful ruler because Richard in English means powerful ruler. Born on Wednesday, king of lions, warrior king, well-suited to power. And it is customary for the Yoruba to say in their culture, they they name children intentionally and they tell them, you will live up to your name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is so true. And I, I really believe that wholehearted. Your name has so much significance. And um, whatever you name your children, I truly believe that they begin to follow after that. Um, and so before we actually get started into everything, um, just let the listeners know a little bit about how you overcame a life-threatening illness. Okay. When actually it was when I was connecting back, going, I was going to Nigeria in 2019. My first trip was 2013. 
I couldn't get back until 2019. So in June of 2019, I went and, but you know, before you go, you're supposed to get certain travel injections. I was not, even though I tried to schedule it with them several weeks before, they were not calling back. So I finally had to contact them. And it was just a few days before I went. And those injections did something to my kidney and my liver and gave me sepsis, actually. So mm. when I, by the time I got to Nigeria, and my friends the next day came to pick me up from the hotel, they shook my hand. They said my hand was so hot. Uh, and then they said I was kind of really out of it. So they took me to the hospital to get checked out. And they said they, they admitted me right away because they said I was couldn't even finish a sentence before I was like trailing off. When they asked me a question, I would start. And then I was, you know, because I was so much feverish. And anyway, when they did the blood work, we found that creatine is the area in your blood work that tells you what your kidney function is. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be 1.4 or less. In January of that year, when I had gone to get my physical, it was actually 1.21. So normal, everything fine there. But when they checked it in the hospital in Nigeria, it was 4.94. Wow. And that is chronic kidney disease stage four. That's like the worst level of chronic kidney disease. And so, and then my liver numbers were like off the whack and then just had some sepsis just thrown in there for good measure, right? Mm -hmm. Sepsis, of course, can kill you. Liver failure can kill you. And so can, those are three things that have the potential to kill you. Uh, and so the doctor gave me the diagnosis and she said, you're, you're going to have to be on dialysis for the rest of your life. You, 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 you know, if we can, you cannot, with sepsis, I mean, excuse me, with uh, chronic kidney disease, it's not possible to get those numbers back down to where you were in Jan in January. Uh, they, she said, if you do the right things diet-wise, you could maintain that four, uh, that 4.94. She mm -hmm. said, but it, it, you know, it's, it doesn't go down. Medical science says it's impossible for it to go down. But fortunately for me, I believe the Lord when he said, with man it is impossible, but with mm -hmm. God, all things are possible. Yeah. And God had given me a prophetic word in three years ago, that same month in June. And he told me that I was going to get ready to travel. He said, I'm going to do some things to strengthen your body in the natural and in the supernatural. And you, you, I want you to get ready to travel. He said, the things that I have for you to say are not just for your town and for your state. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send you out. Right. So mm -hmm. I thought about what God said. And I thought about what she said. And I said, if, if, if I had to go through getting dialysis, there's no way that I would be able to travel like God said. Mm -hmm. So I just reasoned in my mind, in my heart, that if God told me this, he knew that I was going to be here this day, three years later. I said, so I told the doctor, I said, well, that's not going to happen. I said, I'm going to make a miraculous recovery. I said, in five days, I'm going to walk out of here mm -hmm. and I'm going to have, I'm going to have my 1.21 back on my creatine and I will not have to ever have dialysis. And she said, well, why would you say that? And then I told her about the prophetic word and that God doesn't lie. And Numbers 23, 19 is my master key verse. One of my master key verses, it says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Has he said something and shall he not do it? Has he spoken or shall he not surely bring it to pass? So I, you know, all my hope and confidence is in the Lord. I yeah. believe 
that yeah. if he told me something, he's not going to play around with me and tell me something and then not be able, you know, be up in heaven wringing his hands like, oh, how are we going to do it? What are we going to do? You know, how are we going to do it? No. You know, um, I'm just been meditating on Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, which says, uh, now be glory be to God who who is able to do exceedingly abundantly mm-hmm. above and beyond all that we could ask or think. And so I'm just thinking about that. And I said, and then it said, you know, glory be to him throughout the ages because of his wonderful plan of salvation for us through uh, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. And so I've been meditating on that, actually, meditating on that, mm-hmm. because I, I, I said, I want to keep my faith at the place where I'm believing God for the impossible. So anyway, what happened was in five days, I did walk out of there. Two of the three happened. I, I did make... Uh, the doctor called it remarkable. I called it miraculous recovery. I did walk out of there. You know, the sepsis didn't kill me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the liver numbers, they weren't all the way back yet, but they were coming back. But the doctor said one of the most remarkable things on the report is the doctor said my creatine went from 4.94 down to 3.4. Mm. Now that, of course, was disappointing to me because I fully believed that I was going to have a 1.21 when I walked out of there. So I was not happy with the 3.4, <laughs> but the doctor told me, she said, you remember, I told you that with this, what we have seen over and over again is it never goes back. And she said, for you to go down 1.5 in five days, she said, that's remarkable. Mm-hmm. And so I was, you know, I was like, okay, but you know, I, I'm looking for 1.21, but um, it took three years. I, I never stopped. I never stopped believing. I, mm-hmm. I, I never stopped believing. I said, I, I, I would say, I would decree, because in uh, Job 28th chapter, it says, you shall decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you, right? Mm-hmm. It's like higher than just praying and requests. Decree is higher than declaring. Decree is like everything in you is going behind that, you see? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. you are fully expecting that to happen, Right? Mm-hmm. So I was decreeing that I, I, I pray it all the time, still today. My body is better than normal in every way. That's what I decreed. I said, I decree my body is better than normal in every way. And, but I didn't just do that. You know, I didn't just go do that and, you know, go to the fast food restaurants and chips and soda and all that stuff and sitting on the couch. <laughs> no, I had, well, I, I was already on the journey because in 2017, after I got that prophetic word, I watched What the Health, Food Incorporated, and Forks Over Knives. I don't know if you've watched those documentaries, but if you haven't, and anybody that's listening hasn't, go by all means, if you're living in the United States, go listen to Food Incorporated, What the Health, and um, the um, what was the third one? I just mentioned. Anyway, just rewind. And <laughs> get but um, Food Incorporated, What the Health, and uh, I can't remember the third one. But anyway, those things let me know what was going on with the the U.S. food and how some of the things like some like for example the pork in the U.S. they said that it's banned in other countries because of mm-hmm. some of the things that they use. I've just recently heard that, mm-hmm. and so I just started going organic. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if I ate pork, it's going to be organic pork. You know, not against pork, but I wanted to be organic. You see what right. I'm saying? Right. So, um, so I, I was going to organic. I, I learned about green tea and lemon juice being very high alkaline and cancer likes acidic body, alkaline body. Even even in the early days of um, 
this big pandemic that we had, uh, people that kept their body alkaline and were taking D3, uh, they noticed that D3 would really help mm-hmm. you build your immune system. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was taking, I was keeping my body yep. high alkaline, and um, then it went down. It over the three years, it went down and went down and went down. And, and by the grace of God, I can say that I am completely healed in Amen. the mighty and most excellent name of Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Amen. 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 To God be the glory. I, you know, I love to hear the miracle testimonies and listeners, or if you are listening, if there's any sickness that you are struggling with, you've heard it today, um, that God is a healer and he's able to heal you from any disease, any sickness. And a lot of times don't be discouraged if it doesn't happen overnight. You know, um, we believe that if it don't happen overnight, if God doesn't do it quickly, um, then there's something wrong with us. But sometimes we have to, you know, our faith is progressive. We have to continue to trust God and we have to continue to believe God and know that if God said it, he shall perform it. And you just have to have that faith. Um, like as he said, to continue to have that faith and believe God and put your whole being into it until you see the manifestation on the earth for what God has already spoken to you in your spirit. So thank you for sharing that testimony. With I'm us. glad you mentioned that. There's one thing I want to say about that, because can you tell me this is a little this is a little brain teaser. How are, is some people's faith like the food that you have on the shelf at the store? How what is the relationship between food on the shelf and some people's faith? You have any idea? Uh, no, I just dropped that on you. So <laughs> no, no. Okay, so let me tell you. I'm glad you were saying what you said because it made me think about this. Uh, some people have an expiration date faith. You know, food has an expiration date. Mm-hmm, you you mm-hmm. pick up your, the can. One thing when I go shopping, I look at the can, but I turn it over to see what the expiration date is, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I get my juice. I look what the expiration date. I'm always checking because you know you can get something that have an expiration date next month, and you know it's something you're going to use over maybe six or seven months. You don't want to get that. You want to get something that has a later expiration date, right? Right. But expiration date should only be for bread and our food. It should not be for our faith. And, mm-hmm. you know, that may be one of the reasons why, because I, I was always asking the Lord, you know, why it took three years, even though I was believing, I wasn't mad or anything, but I was like, well, Lord, I was believing because believe me, I had full faith. My faith was when I walked out five days later, we're going to see, I had seen it in my mind and everything, 1.21, right? Mm-hmm. And then when she said 3.4, I was, was like, wow. And she said, <laughs> no, she said, that's remarkable. She said 4.94 and to go down 1.5 in just five days. She said, that's remarkable. You know, the doctor's not going to say miraculous. You know, they, right, don't, they, right. don't say that. <laughs> they don't think it's professional to say miraculous, but they uh-huh. do say remarkable, right? Uh-huh. But the bottom line is uh, I kept believing. And I think maybe, maybe the reason why God did it is because he knew later on I would be, you know, coming out, talking to people on podcasts and, and I would be able to say it took three years, but I still believe that might be why he let mm-hmm. it take three years. He, he'll do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows that I had the faith to believe that it was going to be 1.21 in five days when I got out of there. I, I believe I had the faith to have that manifest, but God cares so much about all of his children that if he knew, Hey, I put something in your mouth, you're going to be talking to a lot of people. A lot of people are going to hear you. But if I heal you in five days and they don't get healed in five, it's going to discourage them, you know, or whatever the time that they were kind of expecting. Right. Mm-hmm, it's discourage mm-hmm. them. He said, mm-hmm. well, well it, it'll be better if they can hear you say you expected it. 
but it didn't happen, but you kept believing. Yeah. I didn't let my faith have an expiration date. Mm-hmm. We can let our faith have an expiration date because, you know, we go back, to, let's go to Mark chapter 11, right? Where mm-hmm. it says, if any man will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things that he say shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, and notice about this verse, it doesn't say how long it would take. And then it kind of gives us a hint that it's going to take some time because it says, if he doesn't doubt. Because if we think about it, if it happened instantly, who would doubt? If mm-hmm. every time we prayed it happened instantly, there wouldn't be any room for doubt. You would never have a doubter. Everybody said, oh, when we pray, it happens. So, you know, nobody have room for doubt. He said, if you pray and don't doubt, then you will see the mountain move, right? Mm-hmm. So that means it's going to take some time. You don't have to have an expiration date because God didn't tell you how long it was going to take. You see, mm-hmm. he just said, you know, when, when I, one of the scriptures that I would also use when I was on the healing journey and I even use today in prayer is beloved. I wish above all things that you might prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Right. Mm-hmm. So he says he wants us to prosper, be in health, but now, do we not, as Christians, do we not sometimes get a cold? Do we not sometimes get a fever? Does that not happen to our children? So does that mean God is not God? No. That Well, he said he wished we prosper in health. Yes, but we're part of the human condition. When sin entered the world, a lot of these things entered the world with it, right? right? So that's why we have to pray and believe because the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. Yes, yes, yes. And I I believe the Holy Spirit led us there for a reason because somebody is trusting and believing God and you're still holding on. But I believe that there's true deliverance for you today. There is deliverance, even as, as he was speaking today. So embrace, amen, what God wants to do through you in faith. And with that being said, Ezzy, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about um, embracing where you come from and Mm -hmm. on a spiritual level. And you went back and you found your roots and everything like that. But why is it important to reconnect with your ancestral roots and know where you came from on a spiritual level? Oh, that's that's a that's a great question. And uh, let me start by saying uh, Marcus Garvey once said that a people that are not aware of their and have the knowledge of their history, origin, and culture is like a tree without roots. And if we look at the Bible, we have an excellent example where God shows us it's important for us to know what our connections are. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that the Lord came through 42 generations from, Ab- from Abraham to Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, was 42 generations. And, it, and the, the Bible even breaks it up into 14. I think 14 from Abraham to the carrying way of Israel, 14 from the carrying way of Israel to David, and 14 from David to, to the Lord. Or it might be the inside ones might be reversed. But anyway, it's 14, 14, and 14. Well, and then those are those most boring part in the Bible. We got, I'm not telling you nothing I ain't told the Lord. You know, that's some, some boring reading. I just have to be honest, okay? You know, such and such begot such and such. Mm-hmm. Such and such. Mm-hmm. A long, it ain't like just one one little paragraph of that. It's like, you know, such and such begot such and such, and such and such begot such and such. And then you end up with Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach. Well, if that wasn't important, you know, God would have put it in there. We have to look at the things that God put in the word as being very important because the Mm -hmm. last part of Matthew tells us 
that when the Lord was here in the flesh, he did so many things that if it was all written down in books, the earth itself could not contain the books, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if, if we know that he did so much that the earth itself couldn't contain the books, that means the Bible doesn't have everything that he did. No, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. It tells you in the, in the, mm -hmm. the Matthew. So then that the fact that he has it in there is telling us it's very important, right? Mm -hmm. So God wants us to know where we came from. As a matter of fact, in my dedication to the book and to the acknowledgement, and I tell people that I believe any benefit they get from this, but from connecting or something like that, is because of God's love for me and for them. I honestly believe that. And I tell them in the book, I use the language of today because the language of today is higher power. So I say my higher power is Yeshua HaMashiach. You mm -hmm. know, somebody else say their higher power is whoever they say it is, but I, I, I say, well, you can tell me, just like I, I liken it to, um, was it Paul that went to Mars Hill that went and they had all these idols and he mm -hmm. found that said the unknown God and he stood Found by it. Mm -hmm. He didn't go like a lot of Christians. See, this is a good place. This is a good lesson for our fellow <laughs> Christian brothers and sisters. You see, he didn't go in there. These people had idols. You didn't see Paul going in there. You were going to hell and you were like, like you know, a Paul <laughs> version of Oprah. You were going to hell and you were going to hell and you were going to hell and you were going to hell. He didn't do that. Mm -hmm. No, he didn't. He found one that said the unknown God and he stood by it. He waited to his turn. He was courteous, right? Mm -hmm. And then he said, I've come to tell you about him, the unknown God, right? Mm -hmm. So in the language of today that I use in the book, I say my higher power, because that's what people understand today. My Some people say their higher power is the universe, mm -hmm. you know? But mm -hmm. I say the universe is a creation of God. So if you're going right. to worship the universe, you might as well go <laughs> pluck a blade of grass. And because that was <laughs> a creation of his too, it has just as much power to help you as the universe. A little blade of grass, a little ant, you know? You can worship them, but you will be worshiping nothing, right? right? Because it cannot help you. These are creations of the Lord, right? And so I just tell them that. So I think it's important because I believe just me connecting that God weaved the connections. And one one uh, one of the things I say in the book is the thin thread that God uses to when you look back and you see how God has directed you. You know, he says if you if you trust in him and you acknowledge him, then he will direct your path, right? Mm -hmm. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. He will direct your path. So path means you've got to have motion. A lot of people sit back and they say, well, you know, I'm waiting for the Lord to tell me what to do. I'm waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. Look, I'm waiting on you. I said I'll direct your path. Mm -hmm. That means you have to do what you pray to me, make a plan, do what you think you're supposed to do, get out there, and then trust me that you're going to end up where you're supposed to. That's what he told us to do. So many of us mess up because we do real good praying. We do real good believing. But then when it comes to setting that foot out there and getting on that path, we're like, oh, I'm just going to get a little. <laughs> right, right. It's comfortable. It's comfy. You know, mm -hmm. the TV is big and it's got eight, four, 20 HD. And uh, I'm just going <laughs> to wait on the Lord. Yes. Mm -hmm. Put on put on some Christian um, music and stuff on the TV. Yes. We'll wait on the Lord. It's not what he told us to do. Right, right. And then I, I believe that's so important that we do, like you said, know where we came from, know the spiritual meaning behind our names. And in the Bible, throughout the beginning and to the end, name it was so important. And they lived mm -hmm. name. You, your life, your name basically prophesies it in accordance with your future in a lot of ways. Um, or praise God. Like, look at Joseph. When mm -hmm. Joseph, uh, Ephraim and Manasseh, it means, one of them means... 
the Lord has made me to forget, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the second one means the Lord has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Mm -hmm. He named his children, and that was because God had been faithful. So he named his children, basically talking about God's faithfulness. Yeah, uh, and a lot of a lot of that is very similar in the in the Yoruba and the Ebos. Uh, they do a lot many times use God's name and, and, and praising God with their children's names. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is powerful. That is so yes. powerful. Now, what impact has learning about your ancestral history had on your mental state and your lifestyle? Well, um, it is transformational. And the reason I tell people this is because I liken the African American culture to the full moon. You know, when we see a full moon, it's absolutely beautiful. We like to see it once a month. Songs have been written about it. But every time you see a full moon, there's another half that is just as big, but is unseen, mm -hmm. is unknown. It's the mm -hmm. dark side of the moon. Mm -hmm. Every time, I want you to think about that. Every time in your life that you've seen a full moon, there's another half just as big that's not seen. That's mm -hmm. a great analogy for African-Americans because our African-American culture, whether it's African-American, Afro-Caribbean, uh, Afro-Brazilian, uh, we have developed wonderful, rich cultures. They're copied all over the world. So we know you don't mm -hmm. copy nothing you don't admire, right? right? So we know our culture is rich, but then like the full moon, there's another half of us that we don't know mm -hmm. through no fault through no fault of our own because mm -hmm. of the legacy of enslavement. Mm -hmm. So when I kind of backed into finding out, it was so life-changing. I was, I mean, I was just really pumped and excited about it because my doctor's Nigerian. He had been inviting me to the Independence Day celebrations they have in October because October 1st is Nigeria's Independence Day. And he actually where I was able to sample Nigerian food, the beautiful fashion of the Nigerian women. And then later I saw how beautiful the Ghanaian women are. And, you know, and then, of course, this is, not, is typical um, Nigerian attire right here that I'm wearing. And, of course, the, the Western style, U.S. Western style hat. But that, it just, it just gave me such a sense of pride, such a sense of confidence. Because mm -hmm. when I did my research, I found out that one of the big myths that they tried to sell us in, in the U.S. is that the group that has the most uh, degrees per per hundred people, you know, I mean, per, per hundred people that have the highest number of degrees is the Asians. And that's actually not true. Mm. It is the Africans. It is the Africans mm. led by the Nigerians. The Nigerians get bachelor's degrees at a rate of more than two to one compared to native-born Caucasian Americans. And they get advanced degrees at a rate of more than three to one compared to native-born Caucasian Americans. And they are the highest percentage. In other words, for every hundred Nigerians, there are more of them that have degrees than any other group. I don't care what group you name around the world that's in the U.S. And they're also the highest earning. So literally, they are the most successful group that has ever set foot on U.S. soil. Even wow. Bill O'Reilly from Fox, when he had the no-spin zone, he's not on anymore, but he had the no-spin zone. I even saw where he did an episode talking about the very thing I'm talking about now, about the earning power of Africans uh, in Nigeria. So the Africans are first, and then it's the Asians. 
as far as you know how many have degree per hundred. Mm, and it's because they have it's because they have such a nurturing culture. So mm -hmm. excuse me. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. In the Yoruba culture, when a Yoruba child is born, they have a naming ceremony. In the naming ceremony, the people from the village will come, right? Mm -hmm. And so each family will, will, will give something of economic benefit, whether they're farmers, they'll give something from the farm, whether they you know are in business, they'll give money. And then they suggest a name for the child. Okay, so let's just give an example. So let's say it's going to be a, a boy, right? And mm -hmm. the, the parents ended up naming the boy Doyen, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's somebody, one family says, oh, I like the name Ademola. So they call him Ademola. Another one says, oh, I, I, I like the name Oluyinka. So they call him Oluyinka. So now when, when little Doyen is walking down the street with his parents, the one that named him Ademola, they're going to come up, oh, Demola. You look so wonderful today. What a lovely young man. And then a little while later, you know, the other one's going to come out, Yinka. That's the short form of Olu Yinka, right? Mm -hmm. Yinka, how are you today? Give me a high five, right? And so after they get old enough, they're going to say, you know, my name is Doyen. Why are they calling me uh, Yinka? And why are they calling me Demola? And then they learn, my child, when you were born, the village came and there was a naming ceremony. And this is the name that that family gave you. To them, that is your name. They will call you by that name for all your life. Mm. So one of my friends in Nigeria, she was the first female rear admiral in Nigeria and in all of the continent of Africa. She has, she's Yoruba. She has 26 names. She knows all of her names. <laughs> she, she knows all of her names. Now imagine being raised up in an environment where not only do you have people that look out for you because it used to be that way in the African-American community in the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. But but you also have, they didn't just look out for you, they have given you a name that only that family has for you, right? Mm -hmm. So is it any wonder that she became the first female rear admiral in the country, the largest country, and then on the continent? Because yeah, she right. was raised with, she's an extremely confident woman, right? Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. she was raised to believe <laughs> that nobody's better than her and that she can do anything she wants. She's also an architect. And when wow. we went there in 2013, we actually toured some of the, she was making, you know, building some homes for the naval personnel there. Mm -hmm. And not just the officers. These homes were just as beautiful as anything you see in the United States. Wow. And they had, I, I was just remarking. I was like, wow. I'm just, you know, and the thing that I'd like about Africa that we don't really have in the United States is they had the generator already because the, the power is not really dependable. So, but that means they have to be uh -huh. more self reliant. So they had uh -huh. the big generator that could do the whole house. Then they had the big water, water tank, you know, behind the house. They have big water tanks. So even though they have city water, they have a big old tank. So if city water stopped flowing, they got enough probably for a week or so in that tank before they would have to, you know, find out where they're going to get some water from. Uh, it's that more, more uh, self-sufficient kind of attitude. So all of these things, you know, the food to, to know that I am a member of the Yoruba people. I am a member of the Igbo people that I am a member of the Fanti people. Uh, it's just amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's life changing because each one has a different culture. 
right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and some of them suggested because back in the 70s, there was a civil war and between the Igbos and the Yorubas were the main two that they were against, right? And so somebody told me, well, you know, you got to choose one uh, because they don't like each other. You got to choose one. I see now, I see this is where my American, my African-American culture comes in because I said, I'm not leaving none of my culture behind. I said, mm-hmm. y'all may do that, but I don't do that. I said, I just found out. So I'm going to find out just like a, a parent that has just lost all of their three children and then they got them back. And then they say, okay, I'm glad y'all gave y'all hugs and everything like that. But now two of them have to go back. You can only choose one. I'm like, Mm-mm. no, we're going to bring everybody. Mm-hmm. All the culture is coming right. with me. Right, right. Wow, that is awesome. And you know, I was just getting ready to get to that. We, I was going to ask you, you know, what can we do to make a positive impact on our society using our faith in God and the knowledge about our ancestral DNA? Well, this is one that's going to surprise people because on the book, Found My People, if they go to foundmypeople.com and look at the book, there are symbols. Those are ancient Adinkra symbols, okay? Mm -hmm. They knew God before any missionary ever came because the one that's over the Found My People title is is three. It's it's the same one three times. That symbol, the inside, not the circle on the outside, but the inside, is the most popular Adinkra symbol in Ghana. It is called Giyame, Giyame. And it means the same thing we African-Americans say, but God. We say, but God, <laughs> something was going this way, but God, right? <laughs> right. You know, but African-Americans know, but God, if you uh-huh. say, but God, you don't even have to say nothing else. <laughs> right. We start telling, we say, oh man, things were going bad, but God. Yeah. And they don't have to explain nothing else. We all know what it means. It was okay <laughs> after that. It was okay. When he said, when he or she say, but God, we know it's good after that. They don't, no, normally they don't even explain no more, right? Mm-hmm, but they mm-hmm. said, but God, well, GMA means except for the Lord. It's the same thing. It's a similarity. We've been separated by years and by distance, but our DNA, we didn't have the the symbol. They had the symbol, but that symbol is pointing to God. And it is extremely common in the United States for us to say things like, um, how are you doing? And we say, oh, I'm doing fine by the grace of God. You know, that's really common for people that believe in the Lord to say, all is well by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what mm-hmm. they say in what, what the uh, Ashanti and the Fonti say when somebody said, how are you doing? One of the things they say is Yame Adon, N-Y-A-M-E-A-D-O-M. N-Y-A-M-E means God and A-D-O-M means grace. So they'll say, uh, you'll say, that means, how are you? They'll say, means I am doing very well. Right. Mm-hmm. Or they'll say, in other words, by the grace of God, I'm doing good. So this is another similarity. So mm-hmm. it's 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 been gratifying for me to see how the the Nigerians and the and the Ghanaians reverence God with their everyday conversation. Yeah. And that's that. So that that is a part when you're going to connect to your culture, then you're going to see these similarities mm-hmm. because I can guarantee you once you find out what GMA and then when you see GMA, all of they have it on buildings and things like that. <laughs> so there are on the book, there are like 10 different Adinkra symbols. I chose each one because of their meaning. 
And so for the people that get the book, I tell them in the book, discover the culture on the cover. Come back, go to the contact section, tell me, you know, that you got your book so we can send you. I, I, I put a fact sheet together to to unlock the mystery of the deep cultural, uh, rich cultural significance of the cover of the book. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And that's what I was getting ready to ask you now, Izzy, if you could let the listeners know how they could get in contact with you again. You gave us your website, but give it to the listeners again. Okay, it's foundmypeople.com, foundmypeople.com. And they can contact me on Instagram at underscore foundmypeople. So it's just foundmypeople.com. And the great thing about visiting our website is we have not, you know, a lot of websites just talk about the book, but we have benefits of reading the book. Some of the benefits that you should get from reading this book, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then after that, we have, you can scroll down and then we have a podcast section. So when this podcast com comes out and you give me everything, uh, my webmaster will put it on. So they'll be able to see the podcast, the topic, and they'll be able to click to listen in to the podcast. So several of the episodes of podcasts that I've done are actually on my website in the podcast section. Awesome. Awesome. So listeners, make sure to go and check out Ezzy's website and the purchases book and find out more about the importance of learning about your ancestral DNA. And it will be life changing to you. And then again, and one thing that he said earlier, it will bring a, another level of confidence uh, just for knowing where you came from and who you are and to be able to live up to the God given abilities and talents that he's put on the inside of you. And so we just thank you for being a part of the podcast today. Thank you, Ezzy, again for being a part of the show You're today. Welcome. We're really glad to have you. And listeners, until next time, you have a wonderfully blessed evening. God bless. Bye-bye. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com. Until next time, stay blessed.